Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Let's just quickly have a chat about my new book, which is coming. It's out June the 27th, and I would just adore you all if you could click pre order now because I promise you this book is even better than my others. The science of plant based nutrition is for everyone, it's for people that eat meat and for people that don't. And it's going to help educate you all about the benefits of a plant based diet. We cover things such as obviously the gut microbiome, the immune system. Should you be worried about plant milk, seed oil? anti-nutrients do you need to take omega-3 supplements there are so many questions and I basically think that the world of scientific research is just changing at a dizzying pace and myths and fads are proliferating everywhere so with the science of plant-based nutrition you can achieve a plant-packed diet that's right for you this book is for children all the way up to adults I hope that it will be in universities again like the previous one and schools and libraries and I've got the most amazing forwards and good praise for it from deliciously Ella, Joe Wicks, Fern Cotton and Tim Spector so if you could head over to Amazon now hit pre-order on the science of plant-based nutrition I promise you won't regret it. Welcome back to season 17 of Food for Thought. It's incredible to be here. My name is Rhiannon Lambert. For everyone that doesn't know, the reason this podcast is so unique is that I myself am a registered nutritionist. So I have two nutritional science degrees, a master practitioner, further diplomas in different areas of nutrition. The Retrition Clinic I founded in 2016. We have some amazing psychologists, dietitians, nutritionists in there to help you with your one-to-one advice. Not forgetting also if you need any additional support to your diet, we have Retrition Plus, which is formulated for you with the latest scientific research out there. Now, we're here to bring you a fantastic series ahead full of tons of amazing guests. If you need any extra information, you can find Retrition across all social media platforms, even from TikTok to Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn. And of course, you can head over to Amazon and leading bookshops and find any Rhiannon Lambert authored book out there from the science of nutrition to recipe books about pregnancy and of course my first baby back in 2017 renourish so let's get on to it enjoy season 17 of food for thought exercise goes beyond looking good and we have the most incredible conversation for you today guys it's about how to exercise snack and the guest Lavina is just oh she's incredibly special we discuss the fact that I think 
as you get older or as life progresses, other things, in fact, regardless of your age, other things always get in the way. Work and family life. I know that I, for one, have nearly always prioritized my family, of course, and my work above my own personal goal of keeping fit. And Lavina Mehta is the perfect guest. She's the founder of Feel Good with Lavina. She's a renowned PT and wellness coach. Her new book's out. It's coming out very soon. And her journey is really powerful. She was given an MBE for her exceptional contributions during the COVID-19 pandemic. That is huge. She's a Diabetes UK and Alzheimer's Society ambassador. And she engages in a lot of fitness campaigns. So we discuss in today's episode her work with the Menopause Mandate. She has a British Asian Heroes Award because she represents communities that are under-researched, undervalued, in my honest opinion, I think, when you look at the overall research out there in this particular area for women's health. Women's health deserves way more airtime than it's getting. And Lavina is one of those powerhouse guests where she literally talks through how we can get these exercise snacks in what we can do to help us through every phase in our life and she's also a mum so let's just get into the conversation today everybody welcome to the podcast Lavina. Hi Ree how are you? I'm good gosh thank you for asking me I think um Sometimes I've said this, I think it was Dr. Zoe Williams, who were like, what a, it's such a loaded question, how are you? But in society, we've just kind of come to this acceptance of brushing past it, haven't we? Yes. Oh, my God. How are you really feeling, I should say? I hope yeah. it's a good start to the day, <laughs> this conversation. How could it not be with your energy on the podcast? I think we should definitely start by sharing a bit more about your journey. Uh, you know, the world of fitness and wellness, I guess, and what inspired you? It's it's feel good with Lavina. So that's what I'm here for today. Yay, I want you to feel good with me. Oh, <laughs> firstly, thank you so much. It's an honor to be on the podcast. And I have been probably DMing you and listening to your podcast. I think I've seen, I've listened to all 16 series. So just being here, I am blessed. And um, yeah, I wanted to say thank you before we start. But Yes, the world of feel good with Lavina. Where do you want me to start? Well, how did it come <laughs> up? What I find so fascinating about you is that you have been doing this for a long time. And I guess living the way that you're now speaking about, but it wasn't always that way. And, you know, you've got a family behind the scenes as well. and You're a particularly busy person. So how did it really start and how did it start online as well? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not really been that long, which I really want to say to especially women and obviously your audience that um, I gave up my corporate career, which I absolutely loved in my 20s. And, um, you know, I see you and the juggle is real when you've got young kids. Um, you know, I had I was a mom. I've got three boys that I've um, brought up. Um, they're all now, you know, taller than me and like my bodyguards. But I remember um, how difficult it was for me to leave a career that I loved. Um, I was a global project manager and I had a very fast career path in my early 20s. And I was working for a big global organization, BP. I was traveling the world and I was mainly managing men, um, mainly white, you know, all older than me. So it was quite a challenge. Um, but I gave it all up, uh, tried to go part time with uh, the two older boys. And it was, you know, th those days, it was just unheard of in the role that I was in. And I was doing sort of five days in three. And then um, when I had my um, baby boy, Sahil, who is now 16, um, I had to give it up. 
and it was, you know, a really difficult decision. I'll point out to everyone that I only qualified as a personal trainer um, five years ago, Ree. So it's not actually that long ago. And I also like to point out that I was never really into exercise up until my early 30s when um, all the boys, you know, I got my youngest into kindergarten, the older two were settled in their school, and I had actually put on a ton of weight. And I didn't even realize my husband and I look back on our photos, um, which are there somewhere, you know, the bottom of my Instagram page. Um, but, you know, in, in Indian culture, it's kind of like if you're overweight, it's a good sign of a healthy marriage. Um, but I didn't feel healthy and I joined the local gym. Um, and I don't know about you, it was, you know, really squeezing in when I had those few hours, um, trying to not feel selfish because I was living in a joint family who were wonderful, like so supportive, but there were nine of us in the house. And I was thinking, you know, should I go to the gym? Um, and I was a bit lost at first. I was just jumping around lots of classes. I was having coffee mornings, you know, talking to other mums and like, you know, just drowning our sorrows with coffee and chats. And Which just has talking to be about- done as well. That's <laughs> yeah. totally okay. <laughs> totally. I mean, that, you know, that's a lifeline, just that social connection, knowing that you're not alone, right? Um, and then it was only when I actually got myself my own personal trainer and I thought I'm going to venture into that daunting place, the gym. And he started getting me into lifting weights and strength training, which is something that I never, ever have done. And it transformed me, really. It was that was my catalyst. That was not just the fact that I lost, you know, probably over 10 kg, not that I ever weighed myself. And I'm a personal trainer even now that I don't encourage women to weigh themselves. There's a lot more things that we can focus on than just our weight. Um, and people ask me, how much did you lose? And I'm like, look at the pictures. I was probably, you know, double my size, but it wasn't even that it was the magic it was doing up here and in my mental health, Mm. um, and the strength it was giving me that empowerment just to go through, um, life experiences, things that, you know, we all have challenges in life and it got me through some of the darkest times. Gosh. And I have to say, from hearing that, I think so many people can relate with many aspects. I know you to summarized your whole life experience in like a few minutes. I've got lots more to say. <laughs> lots more yeah. will come out across the episode. But one thing that I think a lot of people could relate to, perhaps um, parents having children not prioritizing themselves because you can't, you know, you don't have time for yourselves. It's very easy for people to say, um, put yourself first, actually it's not that straightforward. We all know that. So I think the position you found yourself in, you're like, oh, look, I'm not feeling my best version of myself. I can see I've put on the weight. And it wasn't about the weight. Like you said, it was your mental health, self-esteem. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, that you get to a point in your life. And I think everyone at some point will get a chance to take a path. Yes. And it's whether you take it or not. So I'm waiting for my chance to take a path to go strength strength training. I cannot wait. When the kids are a bit bigger, that's what I'm going to throw myself into. And it's inspired by you and it's inspired by people that can get back into weightlifting. But you've got the most incredible mantra and it's exercise for sanity, not vanity. Can you explain, you've touched on mental health, but why you believe that is just such a key focus for wellness? 
Oh, gosh. I mean, the mantra came up um, at the beginning of the pandemic. So I have to point out that I wasn't planning to become a personal trainer. I went back to exams very quietly, didn't tell anyone because I was like, what is this amazing thing exercise is giving me? And I sat in the evenings after the kids were asleep, only told my immediate family. And it was often my mom, really like you, who um, she's a biological scientist and she wrote a couple of books. And the last book I'd helped self-publish, um, feel good with food. And it's all about, you know, this is like 16 years ago. So ahead of the sort of time we're in now around antioxidants and the power of nutrition. And it was that science that my mum found in food that I wanted to investigate in this like magical drug exercise. And um, I wasn't planning on becoming that personal trainer. But obviously, once I qualified, I started training women in my little basement, some friends started finding out and it got really popular to have that lovely space um, with me one-to-one where women can be daunted at first to go into the gym environment. Um, but I, you know, I trained women from, I want to point out from 30 up to 70 at that time before the pandemic. And I learned so much about things that exercise does for us. And it was when the pandemic hit that this mantra, exercise for sanity, not vanity, just really somehow on my feel good walks, you know, where I come up with these crazy ideas, um, it came to me that actually when we're exercising, no matter how long we're doing it for, I always feel that there's this sudden like mood lift, the endorphins and the, you know, feel good with Lavina brand just stems from my mum. really. Um, I just created an Instagram handle that was very small, very private, never supposed to be public facing like it is now. Um, and you know, the science behind it shows how, um, even in terms of things like, you know, we know through the pandemic, our mental health has suffered from children up to the elderly. And exercise is this sort of magic free tool that we can use. If you want to call it movement, because people sometimes find exercise, you know, a little bit uh, regimental, but just moving your body. Um, and it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be long. Um, it releases these hormones like serotonin, dopamine, these endorphins. And um, science is showing us, you know, when I've been writing and researching, um, that it is scientifically backed, that it can help reduce some of the most common forms of things like anxiety and even depression. So I just think, you know, hopefully no one feels bad after doing a bit of movement, right? It's how you feel. And I want women to focus on that, that little bit. So that gives them the motivation to move the next time as well. Absolutely. And I think bringing the focus in for women, because I know it may feel in our own echo chambers. And I know on the Feed for Thought podcast, by the way, I can't believe you've listened to all 16 series. Can we just say? I'm sure I have. I love them. I love them on my walks, you know, or when I'm driving on the school run, I have a long school run and it's just everything is, um, I feel like life is a learning process and every guest you brought on, you know, I've learned from and like you have, it's, yes, yeah, I mean, you've done an incredible thing just being giving this access to people out there right through the form of your podcast well yeah that I think um like you mentioned um having access and like you've just said about women of all ages as well is so key and I know that you were saying you know you've created exercise that even your 75 year old mother-in-law can do I, I think it's so important to remember that movement I do like saying movement actually I think it's a friendly approach language is a fascinating thing in, in how we um, 
process it initially subconsciously without realizing it. So movement in any age is so beneficial for our mental health. And do you find that you have any men or you have had men coming and asking you about how to help women? Oh, gosh, loads of men. I mean, firstly, my husband could be my walking advert. He has, you know, transformed himself. He's, is he 51 or 52? He's kind of over 50, <laughs> kind of forget. But he does definitely doesn't look his age. And um, I mean, you know, he's a shining example of what can be done. Um, similar time to me, just sort of, you know, started getting into his, I call them feel good journeys. But, um, you know, he started really investing in his health and working out and eating well and our stress reduction, all of that. So when men, you know, especially men that know him, see him, they're always, I had a lot of requests um, before the pandemic. Can you train my husband? Like, do you do men? <laughs> And I was already inundated. I had clients from the minute I got home from school drop off to pick up times. And, you know, I'd created an online app back before the pandemic um, just to help my clients because I wanted them to obviously take that independence and be able to do things themselves as well. But to this day, I have men joining me and my, you know, amazing mother-in-law that you mentioned who's 75. Sometimes it's my mum who's now 77. Um, and it's the best moment, especially from my community, because I'm South Asian. And, you know, when I first kicked this off, I um, raised a campaign which was called Get UK Asians Fit. And it was just before COVID had kicked off, um, being alarmed by the statistics around yeah. the increased risk of diabetes, mm. type 2 diabetes, and pre-diabetes, around heart disease, around cancers. You know, we we are actually a community that... I feel needed, lack that education. I never got it when I was growing up. And um, when I see men, especially South Asian men in their 70s, 80s, and even 90s, they join me every Friday on YouTube and on Zoom. And I stop and I talk to them afterwards and I congratulate them because I feel like that is um, a huge win where they probably haven't exercised most of their life. They haven't probably focused on, you know, muscle mass, which I'm really keen for people to focus on. Um, you know, let's focus on our muscle rather than our weight for longevity. And, you know, the studies that I was um, researching a few years ago were showing that even a minute of exercise over the age of 65 is beneficial. So it's really never too late to start and anyone listening, you know, like, please tell your family members, your parents, your grandparents, uncles, aunts, um, you know, they can join my free sessions. They're all saved on YouTube as well. But it's very inspiring. I feel like that and just seeing their smiles, you know, they may not be able to do everything. Um, I keep it low impact. I keep chair based versions as well for them. I show it's been, you know, physio approved. I've had lots of people with disabilities as well or injuries as well join. And now even, you know, all of us are sitting for too long. And that's where I sometimes show the chair based work. And um, when I go into workplaces or I say, you know, when you're working from home, it's a real challenge now um, for us to to reduce that amount of time that we're sitting and, you know, sitting has become the new smoking. So it's stuff you could even do if you're not required on a virtual meeting, switch your cameras off and do just some movements regularly Give me one now. The day. Give me one now. I'm in a chair. So anyone oh, watching so it on YouTube, let's yes, do it. Yes, I forgot to ask you. So 
Um, we'll do what I did, you know, my famous like TED talk, which we can talk about. But yeah, just a very simple one because we are probably all, I don't know about you, getting neck pain, back pain, the rounding kyphosis of the spine. So I call it a little desk snack. This is like the easiest thing you can do anywhere. You imagine um, visualizing that desk shape that we're sitting at most of the time. You just bring your shoulders up towards your ears then push them back an inch or two and then drop them down your spine. And do you already feel taller? Your core should be engaged. Your back is nice and um, straight. So you can do shrugs. You can easily, if you're feeling tense or anxious and you just want to release them, you can do shrugs where you lift them up and then inhale and then exhale, just drop them down. And sometimes yes. that big, you know, I call them breath snacks with my exercise snacking hat on. Inhaling and exhaling, just releasing the tension, but connecting it to your breath is so powerful and backed by science as well. And then you can start doing little shoulder rolls. You could place your hands then on your shoulders, bring in your elbows. And these are lovely because they open up the heart chakra. So you're releasing some lovely oxytocin, the love hormone, and even, you know, neck circles so oh, just relaxing your shoulders down Ooh. yeah if you've had a bad <laughs> night's sleep I do one side yeah sitting at your desk too long um you know these simple mobility exercises that we are sitting but we can even then move into arm circles and obviously I've got loads where you just I've got my tin cans I've got tin cans <laughs> on my desk right here I've got a resistance band that, or a, you know, a belt that you can use for like shoulder flossing, which I do often. You could just grab some tin cans and just add in some shoulder presses, or you could just grab two books, three, you've got your famous books there. Do you know what I mean? You could just be inventive, something safe, obviously not glass, but there's lots of things that we can do. And I really encourage, you know, you to just try and, Think about maybe little things that you enjoy, um, adding in these exercise snacks every 30 minutes, every hour. I like the mindset and the idea of the snacking because snacking from a dietary perspective is something that's very ingrained. People will often think of their stomach and think, well, I guess you are given a cue. This is the difference. You're given a biological cue when you are hungry or your brain. There is a gut brain access and a connection. But with exercise, we do need to have it ingrained to do exercise snacking. That's why I love the term because there's no other reminders unless you wear a, a device, a Fitbit or some whatever they are that remind you of things. And I see on your page, so one thing I love, and I know you've got an amazing tribe of women and I'm gutted I missed the menopause march that day because my intention was to be there. I'd said to Lisa Snowden, I'm going to go. Um, sadly, my little one was poorly as they are next year yeah worry. next year I will be there but you do lots of things randomly where you'll go to an event you'll be stood in a queue and you'll do a wall <laughs> squat <laughs> I am trying to break down the barriers around you know movement exercise I don't want there to be a cost I don't want you know we know it's cost time and motivation are like the big three so exercise snacking to me is like the healthiest snack, you know, around. Um, and I hope you agree. It's kind of things that we can do anywhere at any time. And that's why I do those crazy things, um, you know, not to get attention on social media, but to hopefully show you that wherever you are, you know, I was in a coffee shop queue the other day and I just lifted my uh, foot off the ground, engaged my pelvic floor 
pushed, really squeezed my core muscles as well, did my desk snack. And I was standing there and actually I looked around, nobody was watching me do my balance snack. And, you know, just simple things like balance are so important for us. We start losing our balance in midlife. And, you know, I know we'll probably talk about perimenopause and menopause, um, but it's about how we can incorporate these little things into our day-to-day lives. Like, yeah, I did a wall sit. I was in a lovely dress out in London and I just grabbed a wall. And, you know, there was a new study about isometric exercises And it's so powerful to hear that you could just hold a position like a wall squat or a plank or, you know, any position where you're just holding in that and you're really engaging your muscles can really help bring down your things like your blood pressure, um, which is, you know, huge. It's one of the key indicators. Um, So, yeah, I was doing I always go out and if I've got a group or if I'm at an event or a talk, you know, I just like to get people um, to engage. And yeah. more than anything, it's like, you know, the mood lifting thing that mm-hmm. I'm talking about with, um, you probably see, you just see people smile. And that's what literally keeps me going. I, it makes me so happy when I see people snacking with me. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. And I think there's a big generational divide here as well. So I think um, millennials and Gen Z or Z, whatever you want to pronounce, um, it's very interesting because a lot of social habits that the younger generations do are exercise based now, whereas the older generations, and like you said, people that right now may be going through menopause or above, that was not part of the social infrastructure when we were younger. Mm. So it's really important to raise awareness of it. And I know that you are a part of the menopause mandate. And I wondered if you could touch on this and also being a South Asian woman, the adversity that you probably have faced in your lifetime and the difficulties being heard, being misrepresented. I think there are, I think it it must have been with Dr. Zoe, it's fresh in my head because we recorded it two weeks ago. And she said, um, she said that black women are more likely to go through menopause earlier, like a few years earlier than white women. And that blew my mind because yet there's no data. We're so lacking in data. Can you talk to me about menopause mandate? Because it's so needed. Yes. So um, I'm so glad, you know, you mentioned that. And I've, you know, just this year, you know, on World Menopause Day, I was again on a diversity and inclusivity panel, you know, being a patron of Menopause Mandate is a huge honor, but my whole purpose is to raise this awareness, especially for South Asian women, where unfortunately, you know, I've grown up where we just have never talked about anything really from periods to um, sex to mental health is another huge issue in our communities. And then not having um, even talked about menopause, but never even having words like perimenopause or menopause that are translated into so many South Asian language, you know, dialects. There's no such word really. So um, there's so many cultural barriers around women's health that obviously I've grown up with. And my purpose really is to still emphasize, and I want everyone to hear this because I feel every time I say this, you know, people are shocked that South Asian women can actually go through the menopause five or six years earlier than the average white female. So it's actually earlier than even black women. Whoa. Yes. We should 
pause and I try and get it out on socials as much. I'm shouting as much as I can. But And this is with limited data, Reese. So we know that women's health and research around it is so limited. But then for communities like mine, Black and Asian communities, there's hardly been any representation because, um, you know, this it's just something that we really need to push forward. So even with the limited studies that we've got, it's showing five to six years earlier. So if we put that in context, the average white female would, you know, hit it around the age of 51. So we're talking um, menopause where you've had no periods for 12 months. Um, that point in time could be 45, 46, but the perimenopause re can start up to 10 years before that. Wow. wow, right? You know, it's completely <laughs> blown my mind. I just think, first of all, it makes me angry and it makes me sad because if I, as a white British female, feel like I haven't been spoken to about menopause, imagine how you feel in another different ethnicity group that isn't well represented, that does not have the funding or the data on top of that. And I can see yeah. why you received an MBA because you're, you've got an MBA um, from the British Asian Trust for being a British Asian hero. You won an award. And of course you are, because I, I really hope that on this platform, we we can we can get this out there. It's not fair, is it? It is not fair. Well, that's why I thanked you at the beginning, because this sort of platform gives me that opportunity to maybe help of, you know, another little group, a little community that may be suffering in silence. And it's when I went, you know, it's only a year and a half when I um, publicly went online on social media and I was in tears after realizing that I've been in my perimenopause since the age of 40, um, in line with me qualifying as a personal trainer, going through a whole new career path I'd never planned but I was going through um, also the COVID pandemic and I kind of bundled up some of the symptoms I had with sort of, is it post-COVID stuff, you know, like the issues with my sleep, which I guess, you know, all mums feel as soon as you're a mother, your sleep kind of gets affected. But I was noticing changes in my sleep, in um, anxiety, which I honestly have never really felt why I was feeling anxious and you know, I was doing things that I absolutely loved. I was so busy during the pandemic and I was giving back. Um, but there were points in time that I was going live twice a day, you know, with my exercise snacks and my evening workouts with all my family members. But I would just say, and I was publicly saying, for some reason, I've been feeling, you know, really sort of anxious and a bit stressed, but I've come online guys and I would leave, you know, feeling amazing. But I was starting to sort of track those symptoms and um, things like brain foggery, I feel are, um, you know, some of the symptoms are things I've never really experienced. And because my grandmother had Alzheimer's, and again, that's a big taboo subject, dementia and Alzheimer's are things that are never really talked about. And that's why I'm an ambassador for Alzheimer's Society as well now. And obviously, we've talked about diabetes, all the reduction of chronic illnesses, um, these are all areas that as a South Asian, you know, you are actually going to be um, at higher risk of getting. And then as we go through menopause, um, all women's risk of things like osteoporosis, of um, type 2 diabetes, of cardiovascular disease and of Alzheimer's and dementia, unfortunately increases, which is why 
I really feel like midlife is, and I want to be positive about no, the course. menopause. You know, I want women in their thirties to be equipped. This is such a meno revolution, and I get so excited. I'm so passionate and humble to be part of it. But I want it to be positive, and I want women to know that you can invest in your health now, and it's going to really help you with future-proofing your body. And that's kind of why I've, you know, written this book to be that starter where if you're lacking motivation, you know, it's not just exercise snacks uh, in my book, you know, the feel good fix. It's around um, things around our, you know, I've called the mental health snacks. So it covers things like breath work, journaling, things that we can do to manage our stress. I've got self care snacks. I've covered the power of nature and it's all backed by science. So it's a kind of very holistic approach. I think that's where you and I are, you know, on very um, in line with our thinking mm. that. Um, it's about doing things around our sleep, our nutrition, our food, and our stress management. You know, it's all together. Um, but yeah, I'm, you can see I'm super passionate and we've got to just keep, I've got to keep shouting at the rooftops about this. And I don't want women to suffer in silence. Um, so that's why, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're bringing this to no. this conversation. Oh, the feel good fix is needed. Everybody, this book is needed. I, I feel... And some of the things you actually said resonated with me a lot. And that is the difference that it can make in two days, three days, five days. You know, we've got we've got studies that show the difference in gut bacteria within a few days when you eat differently. We will have data on how you feel mentally when you start exercising. Um, obviously, work up slowly. Don't just go in full pelt with anything. But I know that I'm sitting in such a privileged position to hear your conversation, to hear these discussions happening in my 30s, because I know that I am armed with the facts. And what is missing from society is everybody hearing what Lavina has to say, hearing what everyone has to say, because it will make such a difference to your lives. Lifestyle is so underrated. It's, it's unbelievable, the difference. It's huge. I mean, I feel, you know, lifestyle medicine, I said, you know, just a few years ago, I was like um, saying, I want workouts to be prescribed by doctors. I want doctors to be, obviously, we want lifestyle to come first, right? And be proactive. We've got a lot of work to be done, but I feel like things are changing. I feel, um, you know, the education is definitely out there. I love it when, you know, women are starting to think about doing things from, you know, their thirties, you start losing muscle mass. So sarcopenia, you start losing our bone density. So, you know, things that we can help reduce our risks. Um, but no, whoever's listening, whatever age you are, it's still never too late to start. And, you know, what I've loved is me researching the science behind it all. And for when I've been writing, um, just the power that, you know, my book is around sort of just things that we can do under 11 minutes a day. Nice. And 11 minutes is yeah. purposely, you know, from um, some studies that have come out to show us the benefits of just that small amount. And read that doesn't even have to be 11 minutes in total. It means I've got snacks from one minute, three minute, five minute, 10 minute. And I want women to choose um, based on how you're feeling, what you feel you can do, you know, in wherever you are or however your day looks mm. and almost do this sort of pick and mix and we can stack them on each other and it's a great starting point, yeah. right? Ten minutes is um it's so doable. I think it takes away the uh, the time constraint aspect. 
I know perfectly well that I will load a workout if I were to attempt to do one at home, which I'm going to be honest, since I have now I've got two under three, my exercise has taken a bit of a backseat. But I know if I were to pick something, there's no way I'd select something that's an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even half an hour. I could probably do 10 to 20 minutes at a push. So that's why it's so interesting to hear that even that is beneficial. I just want to speak very quickly about the Retrition Plus vegan multivitamin. So I designed this with Retrition Plus to support those that are following a plant-based diet with four key nutrients. We're talking about vitamin B12, of course, iron, iodine, and selenium. Now it's packed with the essential nutrients and our multivitamin is, of course, your trusted companion for maintaining a healthy you know, vegan plant-based lifestyle. So despite its powerful nutritional support, it comes in one of the smallest capsules this was deliberate because I've always had a difficult time taking pills and supplements. So it's convenient, it's easy to incorporate into your daily routine. It will elevate your journey, whether it be vegan, whether it be plant-based, with essential scientifically backed nutrients in one simple capsule. If you guys want to go and check out the range at Retrition Plus and our new products, which I know are going to help so many people, just head over to retritionplus.com and you can also check us out on social media at Retrition Plus. We have so many questions from our listeners that I need to get in for you, Lavina. Let's talk about what Maisie's asked, because I think this is quite good. It touches on what we just said. What advice would you give to someone who's approaching menopause who never had a structured workout routine? So we're talking maybe perimenopause, late 30s, perhaps? Yeah, so I think with everything, like you said, we've got to start off small. Um, you don't want to set yourself up for failure. You've got to tune into your symptoms. And obviously, my book covers this a lot. There's a lot of different ways that we can help address some of the most common um, perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. Um, I would obviously love everyone to be strength training. I feel like that's often the missing piece of jigsaw in most um, people's fitness routines. But, you know, my feel good fitness prescription, as I call it, and it's not a regimental prescription. It's just so that I am covering it holistically, covers things like mobility, which we've just done a little bit of on the podcast. You could just simply put in to your day. You could do it when you're cooking. You could do it when you're sitting on the sofa or when you're at your desk. You could then, um, I always encourage people, if you can, I call them feel-good walks, and you probably see I share them on my stories practically every day. Um, but you can go out for five minutes, right? So um, for the perimenopausal woman that maybe hasn't slept well, that is lacking motivation, that's got joint pain, just knowing that just a couple of minutes, whether it's around your block or even going out in the garden and just getting that sunlight before midday that's going to help your circadian rhythm and your sleep mm. to maybe then venturing out into your local park or if you've got trees around you it doesn't even have to be a full forest bathing experience although I love that but five minutes I say is going to really help also banish that brain fog and boost your mood and you're getting your cardiovascular kind of um, snack in as well um, so simple things like walking, which I feel are just so accessible and they're not high impact. Um, I do have hit snacks, but I always believe, you know, just do some small, short bursts um, in line with exercise snacking. And then things like just stretching, you know, stretch is so powerful because it's almost, I feel like my self-care where I give my body um, that little bit of time where I'm holding certain stretches, I'm connecting it to my breath, I'm bringing down any anxiety, but just by doing that deep breathing as well. 
Um, but I would say, you know, for your like average menopausal woman, if your symptoms are really bad, just um, try and start off small. Always log your symptoms. You know, I have a tools in the book as well around, you know, little sample days that we can do, um, whether it's, you know, some I've done it based on symptom, really. So if you're feeling slightly anxious or if you want some more energy, I've got like, you know, a little um, guide for you there as well. Um, but I hope that kind of helps on the exercise front. And, you know, strength training really is like we could even just do 10 sit and stands. Every time you're sitting for too long, I say just add in sit and stands. They're like squats, but then you're getting your lower body muscles. Let's you know, do that, that now really... then for everyone. Oh, I love, I love an interactive podcast. So everyone listening at home, if you are near a chair. I forgot to ask you at the beginning. I was like, are you up for some exercise snacking? Of course. So if you're sitting on your chair... All you're going to do is just bring your feet just over shoulder width apart. You're going to check that your knees always go out as we stand up. And you're just going to try and sit up, stand up unaided. But we're going to think about that mind to muscle connection. So we're engaging our legs. We're squeezing our glutes as we stand. We've done that desk snack that we did at the beginning of the podcast. We're keeping our stomach muscles in towards our spine. And then we're going just down and up, nice and slow, but really thinking about contracting the muscles. You're breathing out as you come up, inhaling as you go down. You're checking your form. So I can see my toes, my weights and my heels. We're going to do one more just to show you how simple it is. And that is just fine. And you can do it on the anyway. train. What I'm thinking is what I normally do on the commute. I mean, you can, I mean, it might look a bit odd, but if you're, you don't mind, like you can just kind of raise your bum off the seat. Oh my gosh. Um, Ree, you could do a little um, squat hold here. And for anyone that can't stand up, and I do this in restaurants or wherever I'm sitting too long, a simple leg extension. So here, one leg off the ground. If you hold it, and really focus on these quads, our muscles in our front thighs, and really hold them tight. You can just be holding. Oh, it does the core. Squeezing your core in, engage your pelvic floor, because that's really important as well. So leg extensions are the type of exercises I do on uh, my feel-good workouts every Friday, and they're this. all on YouTube. This is now my new podcast. Yay, I love it. I can literally just do this sort of thing. <laughs> Literally sit and stand. You could go and do some wall press ups. You could do some dips off your chair to start working your upper body strength as well. Lots that I could show you, but yeah. And it gets your heart rate up just enough, and we know the value of that. And it leads me on to another question, which we've got, which is a good one from Orla. And I think it's based on your journey with weight loss. So she's obviously seen on your page, and she said, How do you stay motivated? Because as we know, weight loss is multi, um, a multi faceted kind of complex area you know you're looking at diet support exercise there's so many areas so did you ever get days I think she wants a human type of response where you just felt I can't be doing this anymore oh my goodness I mean I still get those days right and that's where I really want to reframe the way we think about exercise and our why like why are we actually doing this um, so yes, I know, look good, feel good. I totally get that. And sometimes when, when we do want to get to a healthy weight, you know, that is so important to try and 
get to that healthy way and maintain it to help us reduce risks of chronic illnesses. Like, you know, we know that we can reverse type two and pre-diabetes. It's just so powerful just to know that through exercise and lifestyle changes. So it's one thing trying to reframe the way we think about it. But yes, there are days even now where I've had terrible bloating through um, the last few years of my perimenopause. And we know that unfortunately that um, we accumulate extra fat around the stomach area. And, you know, I, I've written a whole section about this in the book about the menopause. And it's for real. It's how mm. you feel. So to you, Re, I may look the same, but I can guarantee you that, you know, my weight has really fluctuated. I don't often weigh myself because of the fact that I don't think it's an accurate reflection. Um, the scales, like if you start strength training, and obviously we've just done body weight moves, but when you start using progressive overload and trying to really build your muscle mass, your weight is going to go up. So that, you know, I have to point out to women, you want to look at your body composition. So, um, so looking at our muscle mass and our body fat, and it gets really hard to build muscle as well through midlife. Um, but there are days, we're going to have those days where sometimes you just want to do something a little bit, um, a little bit of movement, like some stretches, some yoga based snacks, just something a little bit low impact, you know, like the workouts that we do on Fridays. You've got to listen to your body and know that it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. yeah and you can human. start when you're ready. We're all human. Yeah, exactly. I, it's not, um, there are so many barriers to any sort of change that anyone wants to go through in life. Um, and yeah, it's just a little, st I think you've got a really, a really good approachable method there. Now we're going to move on to our fact or fiction round. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Right. If you could answer fact or fiction to the following, you need to be in the gym every day to see a change in your body. Fiction. No way. Exercising is just about how you look. No, I hope this. I hope this podcast and uh, what we've talked about has really emphasised yeah. that. Absolutely, exercise can help to reduce the risk of some chronic diseases. Hundred percent fact. Yes, and I'm very passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. Maintaining a consistent fitness routine post menopause is important for health and longevity. Fact. Very, I mean, it's important um, for everyone, but yes, if you're postmenopausal, it's really, really important. Yeah, it could make a huge difference. Um, it's never too late to start a fitness routine, regardless of your age. Oh, one of my favorite sayings, it's never too late. So definitely a fact. Yeah, love that. Regular exercise can contribute to better sleep quality. Oh, gosh, yes, yes, totally. Um, you know, it's both ways. You kind of you sleep well and then you get motivated to do a bit more. Um, but if you exercise, it is definitely going to help your sleep. And there's lots more in the book around sleep. There's a whole section on it. Amazing. I would even say as well, try not exercise too late in the evening. I guess it's good to get it in yeah. any time. But I think in order to wind down towards the end of the day, we don't oh, want to be spiking any cortisol, do we? So no things that are more relaxing you can just do a little bit of stretching that we talked about some of the self-care snacks some journaling some gratitude you know like have a nice wind down sleep yeah. routine and all of that is so important exactly yeah. um exercise can be as effective as medication in managing certain mental health conditions yes 
100%. I mean, if it was, you know, if it was a little um, a drug, you know, we, pharmaceutical companies would be making know, billions, but it's free and I hope it's accessible yeah. and practical um, for you all to start doing. Absolutely. But yes, absolutely. Spot reduction exercises can specifically target fat loss in a particular area of the body. Oh, no, fiction. <laughs> no. Unfortunately not, but just know about all the other things that exercise is, you know, bringing you. And you will probably see, you know, great physical results, but we can't just say I want it off my stomach or one certain area, unfortunately. Um, There is no such thing as over-exercising. Oh, gosh. Well, there is, definitely. So that's fiction because rest is so important, you know, just not... um, Putting your body under too much stress, especially with like touched on cortisol levels and with um, perimenopause and menopause, rest is a huge part of your whole feel good lifestyle, I believe. You know, sleep, rest, looking after yourself, having that time and just being kind to yourself and knowing, like we said with the last listener's question, that if you're not feeling up to it, just take some time out. And there's so many other things that we can do. Um, that can be lower impact or just proper rest. So your muscles need to recover after exercise and that's how they rebuild. So when, you know, those days are gone where um, I would never have actually trained seven days a week, but um, hopefully exercise snacking is just a little bit more manageable and it's accessible. It's more practical. So you're building in Mm. time for rest and for your body, for your physical health and your mental health. Oh, there's so much more I want to ask you, but that was an amazing fact or fiction round, Lavina. We we always finish, as you know, with with a food for thought. And I think um, we've only scraped the surface. And obviously you've got your book, Feel Good Fix. And I, I just think that there are there are so many personal anecdotes that I know you share online as well, which I think will be really helpful to our listeners as well. So at the end, you know, I will definitely ask you where people can go to to see more because everyone has a unique journey, which is what I've gathered from this episode particularly. But equally, as women, it's not even just about what, what your background is, what your race is, where you're from. We all need to be educated about everybody's circumstances because the more we can understand one another, I mean, we're up against it anyway, as females in the world, the more we can, and men listening, if you're listening, please get behind us and understand the barriers because education is power. And the more that we know, how lucky are we to be in a country where we can speak openly about these conversations as well? We have to remember there are some parts of the world where we cannot do that. Um, And I think that's what really struck home today was that it can be 11 minutes. So Lavina, if you had a good take home message, what would that be? Oh, um, you know what, just it's it's everything we've talked about that um, if you're feeling down, um, you know, the book is there. I hopefully all my social media is always just trying to encourage you just to make that start and to think about your wins. It's not about how we look or our weight, but think about all the other magic that exercise and movement is giving us. And it's the things that we can't see, right? That you kind of, I feel in midlife, you really start appreciating as we get older and we have, we're in the sandwich generation and I see my parents aging and it's about how we can maintain our independence and our quality of life, like our health span rather than our lifespan, as you know, as we call it. But um, 
the key takeaways are, you know, I just really hope you can start exercise snacking with me and um, I hope you enjoy your feel good journey and don't compare yourself to anyone else. You know, I think that's a really important message. Um, And we've said it's just never too late to start. It's not. And keep me posted how you get on. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. And if you could just share with us very quickly your social media handles, where we can get the book, um, all of that information, that would be fantastic. Oh, thank you, Ree. So I'm at Feel Good with Lavina on all social media. So I'm most um, active on Instagram. I have all my Feel Good workouts saved on my YouTube channel that for all ages and abilities. I'm on all the other channels, um, LinkedIn with, you know, my corporate workshops that I do. And the book, The Feel Good Fix is available to pre-order, which is very exciting on Amazon and all online um, retail outlets as well. So, um, I mean, I can't believe I've written it and I'm super excited to get it out there and uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. Oh, it's amazing. You might also see Lavina in a a newspaper spread somewhere with her fantastic workout gear on, which is amazing to see. Um, Lavina, thank you for coming on Food for Thought. Thank you for having me, Ree. Right, that's it. If you're enjoying Food for Thought, you will love what we have coming up in future episodes, I have no doubt. So if you're not already, you just have to hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. So this means you get a little notification bell. I wish I'd known about it earlier. There is a lot of misinformation out there and I really hope that we're continuing to bring you the latest research along with our special guests to ensure that you're just getting the best experience possible. So if you are enjoying our episodes and you're learning lots, then please do leave us a review or get in touch this will help enormously and ultimately help us reach more people and make sure we're doing the right thing by you and giving you the right information mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market so if you want to learn more about the best-selling books, the clinic, perhaps you need to book in to see one of our fantastic clinicians, or to find out more about Retrition Plus, you can find everything you need to know on retrition.com. And you can follow, of course, me on Retrition on all social media platforms. Yes, I'm even on TikTok now, guys. So you can head over there and check it out. 